0: If you would please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 22. One was brought to Jesus who was demon possessed. Blind and mute. So many today. Even today. Come to Jesus. Full of sin. So many today are spiritually blind. So many today are mute in the church. They won't or can't tell others about Jesus Christ. When Jesus healed them, the crowd healed this man, the crowd was amazed. Many times even today, I stand amazed at the power of Jesus. There are those of of whom in my worldly wisdom and unrighteous judgment I have written off. But they have come back to the Lord. I thought they would never obey, but they did. And I stand amazed and I eat my crow. When the Pharisees heard that the man had been cleansed and healed here in Matthew chapter 12, they said, verse 24, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Have you ever been called a dirty name? Have you ever been lied on? Have you ever been talked bad about? Have you ever talked dirty? Have you ever cussed in your life? I see from some smiles and some ducking that maybe some of you have. Have you ever talked bad or gossiped about someone? Do you have a problem with profanity? Do you know someone who does? This has been handed out. I, I was kind of shocked that it was. I found this on the Internet. This has uh, been handed out. It's been, this has been read in our public schools. Some of the English teachers uh, around have, have put this out. I showed it to my children, and they said, Oh, yeah, I've seen this before. So mm-hmm. it, it's nothing new to some of our young people. This is a, a Shakespeare insult kit. Okay? Shakespeare insult kit. And what you've got is you've got three columns of, of words. And what you do is, you say, it says, combine one word from each of the three columns below, preface it, uh, preface it with thou. So you're supposed to say, thou artless base court apple John. Thou goatish flat mouth foot licker. Thou disassembling dizzy eyed maggot pie. Now I don't even know what all those mean. You know? But what we're going to learn today is, what we're going to learn about today is, you know, I, you know would I, would I consider that cussing? Well, if the intent behind it is bad, if you call somebody a, a pribbling, ill-nurtured flirt gill, I don't care if you don't know what it means or not. If the intent behind it is to hurt, it's cussing. If the intent behind it is to be lewd, it's cussing. What's the intent behind your words? Jesus knew the thoughts of the Pharisees, it says. Jesus taught them many lessons in a few short verses. Lessons that we are about to look at as well. The first lesson we learn, beginning in verse 25, is the lesson of intent. Jesus explains it in verse 25 every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand if satan casts out satan he is divided against himself how then will his kingdom stand and if i cast out demons by beelzebub by whom do your sons cast them out therefore they shall be your judges But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus logically through the Scriptures explains why what the Pharisees are saying just can't be true. Abraham Lincoln used these same words to tell the American people before the Civil War that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Fountainhead... In, in other churches, there other congregations that are represented here today, if you have division in your congregation, you can't stand. We've got to be unified. We must be unified. Satan is, is not going to cast himself out. Once he's here, he's here. Once he's in your life, you've got to do something about it, because he's not going to leave. You are wrong about me, Jesus is saying, because I cast out demons or anything I do by the Spirit of God, he says. He drives his point home with a short parable in verse 29. If you, if you wanted to rob a strong man, well, you've got to tie him up first before you plunder his house. In other words, if the Messiah, the anointed, waited for one, has, has not come to them in the person of Jesus... How can this power be greater than Jesus? Jesus is making the claim that the Pharisees don't want to admit that that only one from God could cast out a demon. They don't want to admit that. Then Jesus draws the line. The line with... With 20, that with 2020 20 vision we can look back at and, and we can see we can see clearly uh, from the comp- completed New Testament and we know all about this verse 30. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Remember this lesson as we learn more lessons. You are either for Jesus, totally, gung ho all the way. Or you're against Him. The excuse of, well, He's a good man. He's just a little rough around the edges. But He'd do anything for you. Will not hold water. Will not hold water. If this good man or woman is not for Jesus, they're against Him. I don't care how good they do you. Not working with Jesus, but messing things up that's been worked for. That's what a lot of people do. They won't work with Him. won't work with Him. Well, if you're not working with Him, you're working against Him. Verse 31, Therefore, and Jesus is building His case, Therefore, since sides are taken, He's saying, Therefore, I say to you, Every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. This this is a sin. This is a sin. I mean, learn the lesson. This is a sin that is unpardonable. But no matter what you do, you can't be forgiven for it. I mean, that's what unpardonable means. The sin, as we see here from the scripture, the sin is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You can blaspheme Jesus, he says, but to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is the unpardonable sin. There's a website, it's called Blasphemy Challenge. The Blasphemy Challenge. And uh, it's, it, was, uh, it was finished in 2006, uh, but you can still go on YouTube and you can look at the videos. What you were supposed to do when you went to this website, what you were supposed to do in some portion of the videotaping of yourself, you were supposed to say, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And you were supposed to say it on videotape so that everybody could see that you're, what you have just said. And I, the, the girl that I saw on YouTube the other day, she said, "I blaspheme God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit." Is that what it means? Are those people who have, who have videotaped themselves and, and put, them, put themselves out there for, for everyone to see? Are, are, are they doomed to a life of eternal hell, but are, are they unpardonable? They commit the unforgivable sin. Have you? Have you ever committed that unforgivable sin? Have you ever blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Has that ever worried you? Has that ever kept you up at night? The sin we have read in context of, context of the passage, if you look back at Matthew chapter twelve, points back to what the Pharisees had said. The therefore of verse thirty-one points to the sin of intent. The Pharisees were maliciously giving credit to the devil when they should have been rejoicing about the Messiah. They were giving credit to the devil for something God had done. To blaspheme is to oppose. To blaspheme is to speak against. Now, now miracles have ceased. Miracles have ceased. This incident cannot be duplicated. Okay? I'm not going to be able to come to any of you who are ailing right now and lay my hand upon you and you'll be healed. And you will not have the opportunity to say, well, he did that under the power of the devil. You don't have the same opportunity that the Pharisees, you understand that, right? The Pharisees were warned not to ascribe the works of the Holy Spirit to the works of the devil. This speaks ill of the Holy Spirit. This blasphemes the Spirit. It's unforgivable. Today, people are constantly given the opportunity to to obey God and to reject Him. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 What was said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. How many were added to the church? How many were not, Sammy? The rest of them, that's right. They read to the church because they obeyed, you see. When, when confronted with the truth about the gospel, when confronted with their sin, with con- when confronted with what they did to Jesus Christ, when the, when the Holy Spirit brought them, and we understand that, Peter was speaking by the Holy Spirit there in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit brought them that word, they either were for Him or they were against Him. If you, reject, if you reject God's will, you choose sides. Do you get that? You choose sides. When you walk out this door to, this evening, you're going to choose sides. H. Leo Bowl said, To reject the will of God was, is, to sin against God. To reject the words of Jesus was, is, to sin against Jesus and to reject the teachings of the Holy Spirit was and is the sin against the Holy Spirit there will be no forgiveness of sins in the end for unforgiven sin let me repeat myself there will be no forgiveness of sins in the end for unforgiven sin. you reject the Holy Spirit given words there is no other plan there is no other mercy there is no other love there are no more sacrifices Jesus is the last one verse 33 of Matthew 12 a tree is known by its fruit if it's bad fruit it's a bad tree if it's good fruit it's a good tree What did you intend when you gossiped the way you gossiped? What did you intend when you lied the way you lied? What did you intend when you said those words that you said? What do you intend every time you say them? Verse 34. You brood of vipers. You bunch of snakes. That's not very nice. Jesus wasn't being very nice there, was he? Exclamation point in my Bible. I think he kind of got loud. I don't think Jesus whispered that. I think he jerked their chain a little bit, don't you? Verse 35. What is abundantly in your heart? A good man gives good things, an evil man evil things consistently, where your treasure is there there 's where your heart is verse thirty six but I say to you, but I say to you, look now, but I say to you every that means all of them, the totality, not just some but all every idol. Useless, lazy, non-working, barren. Every idle word, utterance, speech, sentences, narratives, single words or collective. Every idle word you speak will, you will give an account of on the day of judgment. Every idle word you will give an account. When Jesus Christ comes back with His holy angels in flaming fire taking vengeance upon those who do not know God and upon those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Every idle word will be judged. It has taken me this long to get to the main point of my topic today. Today. That was the introduction. Ready for the body? Is cussing a sin? Is cussing a sin? Curse, cuss, blasphemy, taking the Lord's name in vain, euphemisms. They're all the same, aren't they? Asking God to damn someone or something is a curse on whatever or whomever you are frustrated with or mad at, isn't it? Shortening this, in any way, does it make it any better? To text GD. Well, doesn't that mean the same thing as saying it? If you text it? To text WD. TF. I don't text it a lot. You, oh, there's some snickers. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what that means. Mm-hmm. It means exactly the same as saying it. Why? Well, because Jesus says it goes to intent. <laughs> it goes to intent from, from evil to flippant has never been good whether you intend this to be evil or whether you intend to say those words just to be flippant just to fill up time you know I was taught when I was in school that those who cuss really doesn't have, don't have anything better to say they're just not intelligent enough to say anything better that's what I was taught in school so if you go from being evil if that was your intent to be evil or if it was your intent to be flippant both of those things are bad aren't they I mean there's really no other way you can go with that is there pronouncing evil on something or someone is a sin no matter what form you use Christians we can't act like that we can't live our lives like that. Dog gone, dad gum, words that speak of excrement or are full of sexual innuendo. Shoot fire, heck. Paul writes in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty two, to abstain from the appearance of evil. We are being dishonest to claim that cussing is harmless. What is the intent of the heart? I mean, if we use the bad words or or the nicer forms of the bad words, at best, at best, we just don't care. That's the best thing we can say about it. Should Christians say that about their lives? Should we say that about our friendships? We really need to take a look in the mirror, myself included. I'm here standing before you today, a repentant man. We really need to take a look in the mirror Understand what we're saying. Understand the intent of right down in here. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 11, Jesus says, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out of it. Cussing is of the world. But we're children of God, aren't we? We're children of God. Look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul is writing to the Colossians and he's telling them, you've got to put off some of these. You've got to put off just a few of these. No, we're dealing with that word all again. You've got to put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Here it is. Filthy language. Every society has its filthy language. I don't think I have to It's the reason I didn't really do a PowerPoint this evening. I don't think I've got to list everything, do I? You know what they are. I don't have to tell you. Most of us have lived long enough in the world that we know exactly what the cuss words are in our southern society. We know what the southern English English ones are, and we're to get rid of them is what what Paul is saying we want to live on the edge so much though we want to live like the world so we try to be cute and we try to be less offensive and we soften these these filthy world words into from the world into euphemisms words that sound exactly the same really or even have maybe even have the same letters in them but the intent's the same the intent is the same, church. We gossip in the name of caring. We lie in the name of feelings. James says the tongue is a little thing, but it can set the whole body on fire. To say words just because we feel like we can, and in turn hurt the cause of Christ, well, that's selfish. That's selfishness. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. You know, even good non-Christians know cussing's not right. We We had a... Chasing a rabbit here in just a minute. We had a, we had a, a young man who was a Seventh day Adventist that came in the back back here today. I guarantee you, from talking to that guy, do you think he was a cussing kind of guy? No. You think he and his family cussed? They don't even watch TV. They don't even watch TV. Every good non-Christian knows cussing is not right. And as a Christian, James chapter 4 verse 17, if you know something is good to do and you don't do, well that's a sin. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. I've got a newspaper article I've held Held back just for this occasion, just for this kind of a sermon. This comes from, from um, July 2007. It's, uh, it, the author of this is a girl by the name of Audrey Harvey. She's, she's, a, she's a, a writer. And she says this, indulge me just for a minute. She says, how often do you hear the words, oh my God, in the common everyday conversation?" You turn the television on and someone gets a surprise room makeover or a new hairstyle and you hear them screaming at the top of their lungs, Oh my God! I have often wondered why it is that so many people cry out to God in such a senseless fashion. Is there such urgency that His attention is needed in matters that are so common or has the godly phrase been coined into our everyday vernacular? I do not believe people are aware that when they use or more accurately misuse God's name nonchalantly that they are taking His name in vain. They are dishonoring what is sacred and making it a sacrilege. Now let me read just a little further. She says, Ignorant people misuse God's name. Unbelievers deny His name. Fools curse His name. True Christians honor and embrace His name. So the next time you say, Oh my God. Make sure you're calling Him. I promise He will come, she says. Look, if you don't want to be a Christian, well, don't be a Christian. Just don't. Don't become a Christian thinking you can live like the world and can conduct yourself like the world. Jesus Christ died for you. Conduct yourself worthy of that fact. I remember as a boy uh, I was little. I was Ben's age, maybe, little boy. Maybe I was I was younger than you, Ben, I think. Because you you just got old, didn't you, the other day? He now he nodded, yeah, I got old the other day. I was a little boy, took me to Doctor Lindsay Bishop. That was my pediatrician as I was growing up down in Nashville. Now I was mad about something. I was mad because I was sick, I think, and The doctor came to me and he he handed me, he said, okay, you can have these pills or you can have this shot. He had the shot already laid out there with the long needle and all. Well, what do you think I'm going to choose as a crying baby? Well, I took it and I smacked those pills out of his hand. Well, the answer was given, wasn't it? By me smacking the pills out of his hand, the choice was made. And then I had another choice to make. They gave me another choice, silly people. They gave me another choice. I could choose the male doctor or the female blonde pretty nurse. What do you think I chose? I chose the female blonde pretty nurse because I thought it wouldn't hurt as bad. But I think she took an extra, extra step when she came at me with that shot. I mean, she gave it to me. And I cried and I cried and I cried. I embarrassed my mother so bad. She was so embarrassed. She took me home. Hardly said a word. When I got home, my daddy, who had worked construction all day long, came home. My sore behind became sorer because of it. Folks, when we act out in the world like that, we embarrass God. We can't treat His name like that. We can't do Him that way. Those are the words my daddy told me about my mama before he gave me my whooping. You can't act like that. You can't treat your mama that way. Church, we can't treat God that way. We can't be flippant with God and, and, and curse people and, and, and act like the world. We've got to be better than that. We've got to be Christ-like. We are, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a a peculiar people and when we don't act like the world people will look at us kind of funny but you know what that's all right it's all right if we're living for God and doing for him that's all right we have been called out of the dark into the light Peter says what idle words let me me ask you a question when Jesus Christ comes back what idle words are going to be coming out of your mouth what lie will you be telling what gossip will you be spreading what cuss word will you be cussing with who will you be making feel that be I hope nobody After this lesson, I hope nobody here at Fountainhead on the day of judgment will be caught without a word on their lips. Matthew chapter 12 verse 37, it says, By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Look back at verse 30. You're either for me or you're against me. Those for Jesus have obeyed Jesus. We see things clearly. We tell others about him. Those against Jesus, well, they're just sin-sick, aren't they? They're sin-sick, they're spiritually blind, and they won't tell anybody of the way of God. They're moot, aren't they? They're, they're mute, aren't they? Moot and mute. There's a solution. If you'll turn over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, there's a solution. If you've got a problem with lying, if you've got a problem with with with, with gossip, if you've got a problem with with taking the Lord's name in vain, if you've got a problem with cussing, basically what I'm saying is if you've got a problem with idle words, okay, all those are idle words, don't need to be said. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 uh, tells you what you can do. Walk in the Spirit and you, not, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you recognize the intent, the, the treasure of your heart, if you recognize that it's evil, Repent repent, walk in the spirit now if you intend if you intend now get me, hear me. hear me now I, I don't want you to mis, misrepresent or really misunderstand what I'm saying here if you intend on living like the world please stop calling yourself a Christian what? yeah stop saying you're a Christian you make my Lord look bad If you're a sinner, and we all are, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. If you're a sinner and you want to repent and be baptized, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and walk in the Spirit, well then come forward. As together